And I think you and I are on the same page where it's like, if you want to be really competitive in the sport, it's kind of a must. If you're going to be a really, really high level athlete, you got to be able to touch on so many things that you're going to need two sessions. Yeah. If, if you're a single session athlete, it's either a three hour session or you are the exception to the rule because of your training age or some other variables in your life that allow you to do that. Yes. But for the majority of people who are coming up in the sport now, I would say it's a necessity. For sure. The fitness movement is brought to you by Zor Fitness. We offer coaching and individualized program design, as well as educational content for coaches and athletes. It's all at one place, zorfitness.com. Today, we're going to be talking about when it is time to introduce double sessions, so two-a-days. And um, yeah, we're going to talk through that. There's a lot of factors that can go into it. Yeah, basically an endless amount of things that we probably could go into here. We're going to try to maybe go with some avatars and see what makes sense based on that. You would kind of want to introduce like who we're talking about when we're, when we're speaking about these double sessions, Chris, and then like maybe who is it not for along with that? Yeah, for sure. So just to put some context around the conversation, guys, we're going to be talking about when someone who is maybe relatively competitive or looking to be competitive within the sport of CrossFit, when it might be a good idea for them to start doing two sessions a day or two a days, you know, we're going to stay away from the average everyday CrossFitter who's maybe not looking to compete in the sport. There's a lot of rabbit holes we could go down, but blanketly, you know, Ben and I agree that there's really no sense in someone who's just looking to get fit, you know, looking to lose some weight, build some muscle, whatever the case is, you know, doing two sessions a day. That doesn't make any sense. So we're just, we're just looking at it around the sport. Yeah, there's probably very few scenarios where it makes sense for someone who's GPP in any sense of the phrase to uh, actually want to yeah do two sessions. So we're definitely going to gear towards the competitive CrossFit athlete. So we're going to kind of jump right into the meat of the question, which is um, like, when is it time? Like, like when should you start thinking about adding it in a second session? So obviously this assumes that people are either going to typically be training in the morning or typically training in the evening. And then to introduce a double day, <laughs> shocker, you're going to either that add in the morning if you're normally a PM person or if you're an AM person and you normally work out then, you're going to have to want to add one in the PM, which in and of itself takes up getting used to for a lot of people. Um, so to me, that's, that's probably where I think of first is like, okay, let's give this person an introduction to training at a different time of day. Um, mm-hmm. And that's sort of like, the first place that I typically start with people is like, yeah, just kind of like a new exposure of like, you're not used to getting your arousal heightened at this time of the day. Let's, let's do that and see what happens and like, see how you feel in that session. And it's obviously going to be something that maybe not obviously, but it'll be something that's very like introductory, pretty easy initially just to get them into the habit of like training at that new time. Sure. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Especially. Maybe this is a stretch, but especially someone who's used to working out in the afternoon or the evening and then asking them to work out, we'll say rel- relatively early in the morning, that can be tough. And so giving someone like something easy to do in the morning, I, I think is something that can really start that integration well. I think for me, first step, even before I would, uh, before I personally do that is I try really hard to set expectations. And so it's like, there's nothing wrong with doing two sessions a day, 
And I think you and I are on the same page where it's like, if you want to be really competitive in the sport, it's kind of a must to be able to get the volume in and the intensity in that you want to. Maybe not a complete must, but if you're going to be a really, really high level athlete, you got to be able to touch on so many things that you're going to need two sessions. Yeah. If, if you're a single session athlete, it's either a three hour session or you are the exception to the rule because of your training age or some other variables in your life that allow you to do that. Yes. But for the majority of people who are coming up in the sport now, I would say it's a necessity. For sure. It's very rare now that you find a semifinals athlete that's doing one session a day. And I don't mean one session a day in terms of like cycling. Like there's plenty of people that might do one session a day at various times of their year or, or, or various times of their schedule. But when I say one session a day, I mean like 365, like I just show up for an hour, right? Like that's, that doesn't exist anymore. But for someone who's thinking about doing it, or maybe it might be a good idea for them. The first thing I think about is like counting the cost, right? It's like, okay, let's talk about what this is going to look like for you, right? What does your day-to-day look like? And when are these sessions going to get in? Because I don't know about you. And for me, I've had people be like, yeah, I want to do two sessions. It's like, okay, cool. This is what that means. And then they're like, oh, I can't do that. It's like, okay, well, then I don't care how bad you want to do this. <laughs> you know, I just kind of ended the conversation. You know, um, have you ever had that? Uh, I think more so the fact that like people like the idea of doing more. Yes. But then when you actually give them more, they realize that what it, what it takes from a recovery standpoint, from a lifestyle standpoint, from a like super, super practical, like I have to eat more, I have to do more laundry, like I have to yep. drive to the gym twice as many times, like all of that sort of thing that goes along with it. So yeah, I, I think like you said, like setting expectations for me, part of that is like, as we go into the conversation, if someone's interested in that, or I think it's time for them, and I kind of spur this conversation of like, Hey, maybe we do start to introduce some of these second sessions. Then it's like, if things start to spiral for any reason, we're just going to take it away. And it's not bad that it takes away. It's just the reality of what we're dealing with. For sure. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, at some point, the pulling back might become necessary. And, and we'll get into that part of the conversation a little bit more. But from a human psyche standpoint, people feel like, oh, I'm a failure. I can't do this. And so yeah. like, to try to avoid that the best we can, I think setting that expert, like a great example is like, I might have someone who's a relatively good athlete who's like, hey, whether it's spurned on by me or them, we're, we're approaching the conversation of two sessions a day, right? Someone who, quote, makes a living, right, coaching CrossFit classes, paid hourly, like whatever, it's way different and, and can be easier to find pockets of time to do two sessions than someone who's like, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm an accountant or I'm a hedge fund manager. It's like, yeah. all right, so you need to work out at 5 a.m. and then you need to work out at 7.30 p.m. for your p.m. session. Like, that could get really hard if I'm working out from seven to nine and then having to turn around and wake up at four 30 to get a session in from five to seven or five to six, right? Like counting that cost and what that looks like, like you said, within the lifestyle factors and recovery factors, I think is important right now. Everything always looks better on paper than it does it. it you know what I mean? In practice, but if it looks really bad on paper might not be so great in practice, you know? So, um, I think that's I think that's the first place to start and then I think what you said is a, is a great 
plan. It's like, okay, cool. We're going to start. You're going to start with, I'm making this up. We're going to do a half hour, 45 minute AM session. That's pure aerobic, 60% easy work, you know, and then we'll hit your quote unquote CrossFit session in the afternoon, right? Like that's it or, or vice versa, right? I'm someone who wakes up ready to rock, ready to go. Cool. You're going to do a CrossFit session. When work is over, you're going to come, you know, you're going to do this. No extensive warm up needed, but you're just going to get some work in, breathe a little bit and just start to build that aerobic base until you're able to handle a little bit more intensity because you're used to the routine. Yeah. And, and almost always for me, I found very few exceptions where that's not the case where I don't start somebody with like a low cyclical session for that, that first second touch, just because it's, it is so like, it doesn't require any like, you know, mental ramp up really. Like you mm -hmm. just kind of walk into it. It doesn't require nearly as much time because just as you said, you're like literally rolling into it. You don't need a like a warm up before. It's not like you're doing snatch progressions where you got to warm up for a half hour. It's like get in, you sit down on the bike and you start pedaling and then you're into the piece immediately. And it's yep. like for a lot of people, let's say, let's say like, it's a session where you can basically just like check it off. You're like, did I do this? Yes or no? I did it. Great. And you can just kind of mm -hmm. like mentally move on. It's very like low mental, emotional, and physically taxing. And it's just like, just as I said before, it's like getting in the person into the habit of just showing up and going through the motions initially, because that's like the most important thing is just getting them into the habit of like, oh yes, I can come to the gym at this time, feel okay at this time and start moving around at this time. And then eventually after they've shown that they can be consistent with that over the period of at least several weeks in my mind, then it's like, okay, you can take that. And if it really depends where you want to progress them as an athlete, but it could be like, okay, maybe start to, to add a little bit of intensity into that. It could be that like you change, start to like maybe add in some like resistance training into that, or it could be like, okay, let's, let's stay with that like low easy session and like maybe add it at a second spot in the week. Um, again, just with a complete goal of like, let's build this consistency. Yes. It's going to have some benefits to like your sport, which is the whole point of like us building in that way, but it allows them to without again having really much tax to just get into the habit of actually going about the thing yeah it wouldn't make much sense to be like all right day one am piece snatch balances at 90 percent and it's like bro i haven't woken up this early and you know so <laughs> yeah i think that i think that's a good call um so let's assume for a second that you have someone who's and maybe we should set the stage a little bit. I think this is good for someone who is looking to be competitive at the sport and is already relatively competitive, right? Like, or maybe someone who shows like, maybe you have a young athlete who's super resilient and already shows propensities to be like, whoa, you're, you're probably going to be really good at this. So it's like, okay, we're approaching the conversation. We set the tone of this is what it's going to entail. This is what it's going to look like to fit in your lifestyle. Does that make sense? Cool. We've already started to drip and drab and add some of these low cyclical sessions. At what point now, Ben, do you say, okay, now is like where we can start to adjust what some of these sessions look like? Yeah, to me, that they have to prove that they can be consistent with it first. Um, so like, and I, I think that goes twofold. I think consistency is just like a matter of showing up and like checking the box that you appeared at the gym at this time and like, I actually went about your work, but I think it's more than that. I think it's, it's also like consistency for, for CrossFit requires someone to be able to recover from what they're doing. Cause if they yeah. don't do that, 
Like if they, they're not able to recover from the work that they're putting in, eventually they'll get to the point where they break. And for yeah. some people, they'll go a whole lot longer than somebody else just from like what they can tolerate from a mental standpoint, but everybody will reach that point. Um, if you're, you know, over kicking your coverage, you're, uh, you're eventually going to pay for it. <laughs> so, uh, and, and to me, that's like, usually what that shows up is just inconsistency. Like I said, but from, they just missed a session. They're like, what happened here? They're like, I, I slept in on this day or, uh, this, this thing popped up and I just, yeah, whatever. And it's like, that happens like two or three times sure. over the course of like two to three weeks. And you're like, okay, something's not adding up here. Like, and you find out that they're actually not recovering from what you were giving them. So it's like, once they prove to me that they can show up consistently and put in that work, even if it is super boring, super easy, then it's like, okay, now we can start to play with the factors within those sessions and actually make it something that it, it look resembles a little bit more like training, like what people would traditionally think of training. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's important to look at is that recovery aspect, you know, especially even like even the regular sessions, right? So let's say we usually have someone who works out in the afternoon and let's say they've been doing it for a little while. Like you and I have probably gotten a decent rhythm on like what to expect and how they should feel. And it happens, right? Where it's like, oh, you have a bad session here or you have to skip a session because you, know, you didn't sleep great the night before, got an argument with your significant other, like whatever. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like in the beginning, I'll expect maybe a slight uptick of that just because they're not used to it. But if they're recovering, they, they bounce back and their sessions start to look the same. Right. But it's when you start tracking it and it's like, oh man, like we are getting nowhere near these percentages and things become a slog. It's like, okay, hey, to use your term, we might have outkicked our coverage here. And if we outkicked it with easy cyclical work. Yeah. Like I can't give you anything else. Glad we didn't go to the Metcon right away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, man, I was thinking about doing Fran for that session, but <laughs> man, that bike got you. That 30 minute easy nasal breathing bike got you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think part of it is like, for me, it goes back to like, typically that doesn't happen as much if the athlete's ready for it. And like you yeah. and I probably have like this gut feeling of like when an athlete's ready and when they're not. And typically I, I've been better about standing my ground lately. And this doesn't happen all the time, but like once in a while, like somebody like I want more. And frankly, this probably happens with CrossFit athletes more than a, a fair amount of other people because I always do want more. Um, but like being like, nope, we're okay. Where we're at right now, you know, prove to me that you can go and like hit all your stuff, do it with excellence, right? Like smash every Metcon I give you. And then, if that still is looking appropriate, then okay, maybe we'll add in down the road. My point being like, there are times where athletes are like, I think I want more. And it's like, actually you're weak relative to the field. And if I give you more, that's not going to help improve that. Like you yeah. need to spend time getting stronger or people are like, I want more. And it's like, frankly, you're just like, not really fit enough, which sounds maybe bad, but it's, it's probably the truth where it's like, relative to your fitness level it doesn't make sense to give you more like you just need mm -hmm. to spend some time where your fitness improves and you can do what you're doing and do it better so it's it's very much like the hierarchy of like how i think about developing somebody from like crossfit where it's like if you don't have the skills if you don't have the strength 
Like it doesn't really just make sense to pour on more fire onto everything. And it's a similar right. thing. Like it's the exact same thing for like this amount of training volume. Like if you are weak routes to the field, just training more doesn't make sense. If you are, um, again, don't move super great and your skills aren't up to snuff, then it's like, it just doesn't make sense to give you more. So there are definitely times where I think people want more and I hold them back, but usually if they're like, it's appropriate, it, it usually, it's rare that at that point that if somebody's lifestyle aligned, their goals are aligned, that they don't have consistency when we add in that new training. Like, okay, we've sure. added in a, a session or two extra, you know, each week. And it's like, yes, it is super easy and they're consistent with it and they're able to express that. I'll speak for myself. I've been a little sneaky in the past where it's like, oh, I want a second session. And like you said, it's like, nah. You know, I'm worried about the, this movement pattern, this, that, and the other thing. So the second session is like movement work. And it's like, you know, active mobility, stretching, stuff like that. It's like, cool, I got no problem. This is what you need to work on. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, if you can't stay consistent with this, like this is what you need. Like you can't like eat your vegetables before you have dessert. Then it's like, I can't give you this other stuff because I think like you said, the people who do it and do it well, are the people who accept that there are certain things you have to do to be good at the sport and easy aerobic work, active mobility work, positional work, gill work, like all the boring stuff is part of it. And so you have to have the right mindset to go into doing that. So yeah, I think that all makes sense. You know, we, we had a previous conversation and full disclosure, I don't know. No, no, this recently did air um, around priority sessions and I think that can also get a little a little tricky when you have multiple sessions in a week because for for people listening, the biggest key for us is like, okay, once you have the routine in place, it's the recovery piece because it's way easier for the body to recover from one, one to two hour session once a day and have basically 24 hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm training every couple hours type deal. Yeah. So yeah, I guess, I guess we would be looking at, okay, from a recovery standpoint, what would those, you know, how would you kind of structure those sessions once someone gets into it? So I, I think building off where we start our starting place, which was like easy cyclical work, or like you said, it could be like movement, accessory work, joint health, that kind of stuff. You just start to add in stuff that's like just a little bit more than that, right? <laughs> like, okay, they did like snatch progressions in the morning and um, some accessory pieces for like hamstring, glute like hinging accessories and maybe some like shoulder stability stuff. It's like, okay, in the evening, we'll pair well with that. Maybe it's like, okay, let's do our easy cyclical stuff. Some moderate conditioning that's like low eccentric movements and that's pretty easy relative to the person's ability level. So for like a high level athlete, it could be like step ups, you know, plank work, some strict pull-ups, some stuff like that, where it is like for a high level athlete, all that stuff's super easy. But it's Super not easy. it's not just cyclical, right? It, so it's mm -hmm. now like you're adding in maybe some like kettlebell swings. So you're getting like the weightlifting work, you're getting gymnastics, you're getting maybe you add an erg into that. So it is a little bit more resemblance of CrossFit. And then over time you can either build volume in that or you can start to to layer in a little bit more intensity where it's like, okay, let's do a box jump step down now, let's do a kipping pull up, and let's do um, a kettlebell snatch instead of a swing, right? And you just slowly sure. start to progress 
in those sorts of ways where it's like they're just adding it's like a tiny bit more challenge each each time you come back to it and then over time it's like you know four months down six months down the line you realize like oh man this kind of looks like a crossfit session now or oh man this kind of looks like more like a weightlifting session now and it's not just like that easy cyclical work anymore and to me like that's what progression is yep evan pycon when he used to work for ttt um would say like oh like progressions like you have like iPhone five and then you go to iPhone six and you can't tell the difference, but then you go to like <laughs> iPhone 10 and it's like, Whoa, this is completely different. And like, that's exactly <laughs> what athletes do with like the designs all the time that we write. It's like, you know, week one to week two cycle one to cycle two. It's like, yeah, you know, this is a little different. And then it's like six months down the line when they're at their, you know, getting ready to compete. They're like, Whoa, this looks entirely different. If I look back at my training from six months ago, um, sure. And that's sort of like how I think about like introducing those second sessions is like start with the basics, make it really easy. And then over time, by the time the athlete realizes that, oh, they're in more intensive training, it's just like what they do now. They don't even know the difference. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's like, that's super important to think about and realize is that a good coach is going to progress it that way. Some people who... And I think if we, I, I think we've been in that boat before. I'll speak for myself. I've been in that boat before. It's like early on when I just started to learn the sport. It's like okay, I got to do more. It's like you end up just doing hard training all the time instead of like really staggering the intensity of your sessions. Do you have a topic that you'd like to request as a future show, or just a question about training? Reach out to me. My email is ben at zorfitness.com, or you can DM me on Instagram at zorfitness. Lastly, head over to ZorFitness.com if you want to browse all of our previous shows with in-depth show notes, as well as educational content for all things training. I think for me personally, you know, the one time where I really did the most double session training was during COVID, right? Because I had the most time. And I think, you know, there were times when I was doing that where because of what my needs were in the sport yeah i might be i might have been doing let's call it one two three four five six seven eight let's call it nine sessions a week and like like five of those sessions might have been strength related if not more right like there were days i would do an am session with like call it like snatch progressions heavy back squats and it was so much volume, like that was the entire session. And then my PM piece was like my single leg work, my, you know, like my accessory movements yep. for those same things. And so like, there's a lot of things you can do with that. But again, it's like, you have to be smart about it where a lot of people like, like anyone when they first get into the sport, like we're all kind of stupid is like, they're just like, all right, I got to do more. And it ends up just being more metcons because that's the sport right yeah and so i think like like you mentioned making sure you have those priorities lined up staggering the intensities after you progress people in it is how you have all that volume and continue to make gains in the sport yeah i think what you just said is a really good point it's like you it was impractical for you to add more volume into that morning session with those snatches and back squats because mm-hmm. the volume was already so high like does it, okay, it took me, you know, an hour and 45 minutes to warm up for my snatches, go through all my stuff, do my accessories for my snatches, do my back squats. Mm-hmm. So it's like, by the time I got there, 
if you were to do any like single leg work, if you're going to do anything like you would just been like, this is either going to be like the session so long that it doesn't practically like fit into your day anywhere. Or it's just like, you were going to be so drained from that. And like the quality of the tail end of that session just plummets. So it's oh, like, I, yeah, I think we've all seen, I, I'll say for sure. I've seen it is like, let's, let's assume that in terms of practicality of time, let's assume that a three to three and a half hour session makes sense for somebody right let's just say that in terms of work though i don't care who you are the end of that session is never going to be the same level of quality as the beginning of that session yeah right and i think that's where again another barrier or, or not barrier but maybe marker of okay when do i start doing two days is that as well where it's like okay i have to add in this work add in this work add in this work and i'm recovering from it but as i keep going my session's now almost four hours long and for for me, right, not only was I physically drained, but it was like mentally like, like I don't yeah. even want to do this right now. And so it's like, I feel like that 90 minute to two hour mark is like where m- most people in, in our in, in our sphere start to really tail off, right? Yeah. Or where they get to their accessory work, which is super important, right? For for joint health. Uh, maybe honing in on some positions or whatever the case is, and they just they punt on it. They're just like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And so I think that's another marker where it's important to 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 look at that and make sure you know you don't get to the point where it's like, man, this session is so long and the volume is so so much that I just I like I'm done. Like, because over time, you know, one session is not a big deal, but over. A week, two weeks, three weeks, three months. It's like you've now missed out on all this work because you've been pigeonholed into having to do it a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that uh, normally, if I'm telling an athlete that they need to do more, it's because I know what their goals are and how we're pushing them, and they are recovering from it. And it's like practically, this is just going to break down at some point if we continue to go down this road. So we have to split it. We have to like. At a certain point, like <clears throat> you're saying, like the the quality is just gonna fall apart. So it's like, okay, we have to take the vo- the volume on the tail end of the session. We're working on this like quality that's like related, but like far enough different where it makes sense to split it, and we have to move it into this PM session. And we can do a lot of other things that will again have like a you know supplemental benef- benefits like the aerobic stuff that we were talking about before is usually sure. like the my go to thing is like okay sure. we we can do some like so, for example, like what you were doing was like that uh, snatch back squat. Okay, that's like its own session because it is so much volume and you need so much volume and intensity through that. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, let's take that single leg, some of the joint health stuff, move that to the PM, and then just maybe put that bookends of like easy biking or easy ski erg or something like that, right? Like easy cyclical work on the front, the tail end, or both ends of that session. And it's like sandwich that in the middle of your your other stuff that you actually really needed to get in. And then that's sort of like gravy, right? It's like, you're only gonna, you know, perform better on game day because you've had like some of the like lower, easy cyclical stuff. You'll recover better. And again, it's like not super taxing. So it's a great benefit. And then you're also getting that, the benefit of splitting that session in half where you get feeling fresher at the the front end of that session where normally you would feel like garbage because at the end of the, the first session. So that's like one of the, my big indicators is like, this is just too much to be doing at once. So we need to split it. it is. Let's go into how, you know, like 
is it so for example you have some higher level athletes that you work with is, is it like okay if, if we're getting up to in the neighborhood of like six eight nine ten sessions a week or more it's like do do any of like the principles change with that or is it just like everything elevated like how do you think about it like going from like okay we just added like one or two into the week like mm-hmm. moving from like five to five to seven to like okay now we're approaching like 10 plus sessions a week so what do you mean like what do the principles change in terms of what goes into those sessions? Yeah. Like, like, do you think about that differently at all? If it's like, so obviously if it's like only two additional sessions a week, it's like you, you move from like, okay, you have five training days and two easier recovery days, like rest to recovery. So it's like sure. three on one off, two on one off, like the typical seven day split for most people. Just say you add in, say normally someone trains in the morning every day that they train, you add in, you know, Wednesday and Monday, you add in a PM session for them. And it's like easy cyclical work. Um, Like at a certain point, at least in my mind, it starts to shift a little bit where like, if you have that number of sessions, there's just going to be like, it becomes a lot more tricky to like jigsaw everything in. Like you were saying before. Yes. Okay. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. So like, how do you, how do you balance that? Like, I know we started with like a lot of the easy cyclical stuff. Is that like still a staple in that? Like, just how does it shift as I guess, as we get more and more like towards the, you know, semifinal games level athletes versus like the, the recreational trying to be more competitive athletes. Yeah. So I think a lot of it depends on, uh, on the, on the needs of the individual. Right. And so you'll have a lot of high level games athletes where it's pretty consistently that their AM piece is like longer and cyclical base. Right. And so for example, I'll use the guy I work with, Mark Kwan, who's been a games level athlete, multi-time semifinals athlete, his AM session is almost always something long and cyclical until maybe he gets closer, a little bit closer to, to, to in season. Then he might be hitting a workout, like, a, like an actual workout in the morning and something like that. And then he tailors it back off as he gets closer to competition. Now for those guys, the reason why that's the case is a long cyclical pieces become part of the sport, right? Like you have to have the tissue endurance, uh, the cardiovascular endurance to go longer than 20 minutes, right? Like you're just going to get to a semifinals or games level where you might have a 45 minute plus workout. But then also it, it, so much of it is based on recovery, not just the ability to recover in between sessions, but when you get into the competition to be able to continue to go hard, essentially every workout that you need a really, really wide base, right? And so for a lot of those guys, the AM session is a lot of times something that's like long and easy and it's like super long. Like I've seen him do hour long pieces on a skier, right? Now, if you start to tear it down, for me, some of those sessions are, can be someone who's skill-based, right? So it's like, I have someone who has a certain skill, but needs to develop it more. Like, again, the intensity there is low, but it's something that they need to work on, right? And so there's a lot of different ways you could do it. You could mix and match, kind of like you mentioned. So like I, I could easily put like, hey, you're going to do a 30-minute long assault bike ride at a 60% pace. Every 10 minutes, including minute zero, you're going to do this gymnastics work. So they're getting touches on those skills while developing aerobically. But it, it's important, I think, to puzzle piece it. I don't like seeing like great example is three like two three sessions in a row where that are just like really intense sessions because it it just gets to the point that you can't recover 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, that's actually one of the things that I look for is like, I really can't give someone more than eh, three is probably pushing it, but like intensive sessions in a row. Um, yes. So like, for example, I'll speak from personal experience, so I don't speak, uh, for any of my athletes, but, uh, like if I have, just say it's the start of my week. Monday AM is something that's like, yo, know, strength based. That's like, okay, for me, it might be like, I'm doing some snatch progressions, heavy front squats, and some accessory work. And then it's like in the PM, I have like a sport based metcom with some hanging gymnastics and some barbell cycling or something. And then it's <laughs> like, if I come back to Tuesday AM and I do something intense again, Tuesday evening is going to be trash Shot. at that point. Shot. Shot. So I either have to do an easy session at some point there if I want intensity on Tuesday night. Um, So like, for example, it'll probably be like, for me, it's usually like, okay, keep the either do like easier cyclical stuff Monday morning and then push it with strength work and maybe a Metcon at night. Or it's like, okay, you can make both of those more intensive, but then Tuesday morning is basically just like recovery, easy zone work type stuff with some movement work. And then, then I feel okay enough on Tuesday night to push it again. And then it's like, again, I probably can either come back Wednesday and do something that's more intensive, assuming Wednesday night's going to be something that's easier or I can flip flop that once again. But it's like either way, I'm getting at least one lower session in at some point between Monday, probably evening and Wednesday morning. Yeah. And you could still gear that easy session towards something the person needs to work on. And so it always is for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> or for anybody like, actually. But yeah. Right. So like I, I mapped out something who for someone who needs to work on gymnastics, right? Like if you need to work on gymnastics, I can easily mix that into an easy aerobic piece. You're touching on sets of a movement that are very that you can accomplish, right? If you have a max set of, you know, 10 bar muscle ups, I'm not asking you to do sets of seven. You might be doing like sets of two or three to work on stringing them together, but you're never in danger of failing a rep there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for someone who maybe, for, let's, for someone who maybe struggles in a snatch, you know, um, something I listened to a lot was, uh, uh, you know, Max L. Hodge with Training Think Take. Like he did a podcast one time about Travis Mayer, how he had him doing snatch, something for this snatch every single day. And like, you hear that and, 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 you know, the untrained ear would be like, my God, what are you talking about every single day? And it's like, you know, asking him to like do an empty barbell sots press or like a complete progression, warm up progression with an empty barbell to just find positions, that's snatch work. For that guy, that is, that's as low intensity as it comes, right? But, it's it's progressing him towards finding better positions in the snatch, right? And so to pr- to map that onto someone you and I might work with, it's like, okay, you need to work on getting stronger. Maybe you need to work on the Olympic lifts. Like we can work positions and speed at relatively light weights and not have it beat up your joints, right? Or even section out the movement. Like we're going to do really light block work because through the middle of your lift, you have this hitch, right? And so it's like, there's ways to mix and match intensities more than just, Am I sprinting or am I not sprinting? Right. There's so many different ways you could do it. Um, and, and varying it is is what allows athletes to continue to adapt despite all the sessions. Yeah. One of the formats that you mentioned before is actually one of the things that I've I've used a lot, which is like 
you're you're on a cyclical thing and then it's like again if we have that athlete who's starting off in their double session it's like you start them with just that like 30 minutes of salt bike easy go um and then it's like okay 30 minutes assault bike easy and then it's like every 10 minutes you're doing three rounds of four you know step ups six okay. kettlebell swings eight lateral line hops or something super easy right and then sure. it's like again over time that's just going to you could extend that you could add intensity you could change the movements up that are a little bit more powerful um but basically it's like you said like you're, you're just tr- slowly progressing that person towards um a, a higher intensity and then when they get to pretty close to like their ceiling in terms of intensity then it's where you really have to jigsaw all those puzzle pieces together a little bit more of like okay now we're at the point where you're capable of of handling more intensive okay. training whenever you want throughout your day so sure but now you run into the problem of you can't do that every day or you'll die <laughs> 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 so uh, now that's... it's like yeah we got to we got to figure out a way that to juggle your, your weekly skeleton of your training week so that it makes sense and that you can actually sustain and have your best quality each of those sessions and not make sure you're staying ahead of that. Where it's not like, Oh, I actually needed a low session on uh, Wednesday morning and I waited until Wednesday night. And now my Wednesday morning was trash. And right. it's like, you, you end up playing a lot more of that with the high level athletes. Yeah. Uh, at least in my experience of like, this is how we jigsaw your week into place. And it, it really matters when we have these lower session days, what they consist of, where your priority work is, like we talked about the other day, like where that actually goes. That becomes way more important because if you don't have those pieces in the right place, the quality of their work just goes down. And that's like the most important thing is the quality. Like if the quality is sure. not there, you don't you don't get to do more. Like you have to have the quality. So figuring out how you can do that without, yeah, just like sandbagging workouts. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, from there, it's like, okay, we talked about, uh, well, let me back up. One of the first conversations I have with a client who comes to me and says the goal is to like compete at a really high level. One of the first conversations I have with them is like, cool, let's do that. Here's how this works. Here's the line. Here's the line of like, I've heard this speech before. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the line of injury and problems for you to get really good. We're going to have to be like right here. Where it's like, we're now, sometimes I might be a little too low. Sometimes we might spill over. But if we don't push the envelope, you're never going to get to where, to where you really need to go if your goal is to be as competitive as humanly possible. However, sometimes the envelope gets pushed. So it's like, when do you know to say, hey, we are, like, the ter- to use the term again you used, we've outkicked our coverage. Like, yeah. we got we to pull this back. Yeah. I mean... I, I think for uh, it depends on the athlete. This is where like the coaching part of it comes in, where it's like you you need to be talking with them, communicating with them, and having systems in place where you are tracking their recovery with either subjective or objective markers, hopefully both. Um, but if you're doing that and hopefully just talking with them and figuring out like when they feel okay, when they feel bad, and like just like reading their body language if they're in person with you, um, as to like. Yeah, you, you just don't look good. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and it can be as simple as that where it's like, yeah, like I'm I'm a little bit beat up right now. Like my joints don't feel good. I don't feel like I can get in good positions. One of the first things for me is like their strength numbers just don't go well. Like yeah. they're 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 able to do their conditioning work, they're able to slog through it, but then it's like they go to lift and it's just like the top end strength just isn't there. And it's like that nagging injuries, like little stuff that's just like popping up too often. It's like 
okay, obviously, like, stuff's going to happen sometimes, but, like, this is happening too frequently. Like, this shouldn't yep. be at this sort of, uh, uh, you know, frequency. And then it's, like, um, yeah, like, before, like, they're just missing sessions or they, like, skip stuff. They, like, start missing out on pieces. And it's, like, we just need to pull back so you can get all your work in and feel good about it again. Yep. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I I mean, there's no exact science or order. It, it really depends on the person. But like you said, nagging injuries, lack of a des- lack of desire can be a good one. You know what I mean? Uh, I think a lot of the high level athletes in our sport, it's like they're the type of people you have to like pry away from the gym. And so to hear people being like, the gym was literally the last place I wanted to be. Um, listen, every once in a blue moon, we've all been there. But to hear that, like, okay, well, you said that once last week too. What's going on here, right? Like that can be that can be a good marker as well of overtraining. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- being on the lookout for that stuff to be able to start to pull that person back, I think is super super important. Um, yeah, and, and to me, like, so Chris, like, what what does pulling back mean? Does that mean deload? Does that mean permanently removing a session? Does that mean? you know, pulling out a certain time of day for now? Like, what does that yeah. look like? I, I think the first thing, and, and, and you might go about this differently. The first thing I tell someone is like, okay, cool. Let's take today off. Right. Cause sometimes, sometimes it could just be a, as simple as like, all right, we're going to take Wednesday off. We're going to take Thursday off. And they come in Friday and they're like, bro, I'm ready to take on the world. And it's like, okay, cool. You just needed a day off. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Especially because whether we like it or not, lifestyle factors play into this. What's your work stress? What's your uh, lifestyle stress? Are you sleeping? This stuff, this, that, and the other thing. And so, you know, maybe you have someone who's been waking up at night a couple of days in a row. Okay, cool. Take the day off, get a good night's sleep. Let's see how you feel in a day or two. And they're like, man, weird. I feel awesome. It's like, okay, that's all you needed. But so the first thing I might say is like, hey, just take the day. And then if, if a day off here or a day off there doesn't help, then it's the conversation of like, hey, I think we're training too much. You know, we have nine sessions, say it, let's say, two two sessions a day for the four days during the work week, their work, their their traditional work week, and maybe one on Saturday. It's like, okay, cool. Let's pull back on maybe two of those days and see how that feels. But again, it, it also depends on where they're at, right? Like if someone's in mayday mode, like I've had athletes who don't tell me things for a little while. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, you know, something my shoulder feels like it's about to fall out of the socket. And it's like, weird. When did that start? Two and a half months ago. <laughs> it's like, what? Two and a half months ago? Yeah. yeah you know, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a week off and then we're going to slowly build. You know what I mean? There's, there, there is a rip cord at some point. Um, but I think general rule of thumb is like, all right, let's slowly pull back till we find that sweet spot again. And then build back up. Yeah. And I, I think there can be two things that maybe go wrong in this. And it could be like, it's either the athlete or the coach, right? Maybe circumstance, but I, I, obviously there's the circumstances are always changing. So you have to have good communication and like systems in place, like I said before. So it's like either the athlete isn't telling you something or you're not listening to them. It's usually yep. one of those two. So it's like, it's the athlete's responsibility. So if you're one of our athletes, this is your responsibility. It's your job to tell us if you're having stuff happening. And it's your job to trust us that if you tell us something that we're going to figure out what's most appropriate for you, even if it's not what you want. Right. Um, and 
Sometimes that could just be taking a day off. Sometimes what I'll often do is I think people sometimes will get a, like sometimes if they don't argue against you, if you've taken the day off, it means that they're really in a bad place typically. So it's like at that point, take the day. Um, And they usually don't argue with me. But then if it's like, um, if they're just sort of like, hey, I'm dealing with this little bit of extra fatigue. And it's like, for whatever reason, I realize that in the language that they're telling me their feedback or like their weekly check-in for me, things like that. It's like, I'll just go in and like modify a little bit of their training and not even tell them. Um, And like, that's obviously a big part of why we get athlete feedback. And it's like, um, for me, it's like, I will uh, basically just like go in and like, see like, okay, if it was like, you know, they have, five by five back squat, it might be like four by five. And now it's a lower percentage by like a few points. Right. And I do that like six or eight different places throughout the week and just like reduce the total volume by just a little bit. And it's like a week or two goes by and they feel like they're a little bit fresher and they don't even maybe know why. Yep. You can even do that movement wise. Like, oh, my knee's kind of barking. It's like, okay, cool. Oh yeah, for sure. We're going to do the same clean progression. You're just going to power instead of squat. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Like that would be like maybe one of my modifications. If someone's like, oh, I have this joint thing going on. It's like, okay, how about instead of like um, something that's like going to put you really deep into like shoulder flexion, like a, you know, a kipping bar muscle up or something or a kipping ring muscle, but would be even more maybe it's like a rope climb is like just as good, but it's yep. probably going to like reduce the amount of irritation to get that end range. So it's like, okay, let's talk about that for that. And it's like, again, the athlete might not even know why, but it's like a good coach would be able to sub that out. And Yeah. And if they need to, they can relay that information, but they don't even necessarily have to. Yep, definitely. Cool. Yeah, I I think that kind of uh, covers it. Is there anything else that you think we should go over with this? No, I think that's a good place. Um, You know, and again, just to circle back to the beginning of the conversation, I think having a conversation on whether it's wise to start doing that and and, and relative to your goals with with a trained coach. Um, whether that's someone at your gym or someone like us, I think, I think is, is good, but I think we touched on all the major points for sure. Yeah. If you guys have specific questions, again, we're here, reach out to us, talk to us. We enjoy that sort of thing. It's what we're, we're here talking about. for you. We're here for you. We're here for you. Especially if you pay us. <laughs> we do lots for free, Chris. We should be able to get paid sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. But feel free to reach out via email or Instagram, and we can answer you guys' questions. You know where to find us. We'll leave it at that. Thanks, Chris. You got it. Thanks for listening today. If you're someone who just started listening to the show, I would encourage you to subscribe so you can stay up to date. If you're someone who's been listening for a while, I would encourage you to rate and review the show. And lastly, the best thing that you can do to support our work is also the best thing that you can do for your performance, and that is by hiring one of our coaches. Until next time, stay the course.